Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, February 26th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, back alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And you had a day off yesterday, Coach, a day of rest. How are you feeling on this Friday? Fantastic, man. I am refreshed, ready to go, and I'm looking for a huge three-day weekend. Today, Saturday, and Sunday, we are getting the brooms out, and we are ready to sweep it and go after it, man. I feel good, confident, love the slates, nine-gamer today. Let's get after this. I love it. Yeah, you know, yesterday our GPP lineup cashed on FanDuel, but the cash lineup that I put out there it had James Harden in it, and that didn't work out. He didn't get the run in the fourth quarter that we needed. Shane yeah. was on the podcast yesterday. He predicted that correctly. So yeah. if we can just eliminate that issue, avoid the blowouts tonight, then I think we are going to be ready to sweep it. I'll tell you, people that, you know, you'll hear some of these folks out here saying, you can't predict blowouts, don't let that affect your build, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, if you felt strong enough that Brooklyn was going to lay a tomb, then like Shane did, you can't play Harden in that scenario. And so you do have to look at that. That is part of the big picture. And, you know, as long as I mentioned that, Andrew, uh, you know, uh, announcement here of sorts, uh, we're so proud of, of our performance at Coach Talk. And, and we always try to stay out in front of the trends and the statistical analysis and since the season has started, I've been tracking very carefully, and you and I have, have done a lot of background work in this area uh, with the slates and the results. What we have found is it's actually gotten to the point now, especially on FanDuel, where the cash line is higher in some of the 50-50s than it is in the single entry tournaments. So very bizarre. You hadn't seen that very often and now it's really becoming a trend. So we are going to uh, do some tweaking to uh, our coach talk process just to stay ahead of this this uh, shift. And uh, you know we're going to announce that in our Discord. We're going to have a podcast that we're going to post also in Discord that's going to coach to those numbers and just tweak them a bit uh, to stay out in front of the game. Because let's face it. You can't rest on your laurels even for a day when you see something that's shifting or adjusting. You beat everybody to the punch, and it gives us an extra edge. So we're really excited about that, and we're going to institute that uh, starting you know, today and this weekend. So hopefully that little shift is going to give us even more of a lift. So excited about it. Yeah, and what you're talking about is is bankroll management and how you allocate your And contest selection. And too. contest selection yeah. each night. Yep, exactly. exactly, exactly. All right, so let's figure out which guys we're going to play in these lineups tonight out of these nine games. We have six teams involved in a back-to-back, only one total over 230, and I'm not too thrilled about that number, so we'll get to that uh, later in the slate. But okay. the first matchup is interesting because it's Indiana and Boston, two right. teams who came into this season with high hopes, and now they're right around 500. Indiana is right there. And Boston has dropped two games below 500 with that mm-hmm. rough trip through the Southwest. Now they're back home. They're two and a half point favorites. We've got a 219 total. We've got Indiana on the front end of a back to back. Jakar Sampson questionable for the Pacers. Everybody ready to go for Boston, including Kemba, who's back in the lineup. So, what do you think here about the opener tonight? 
Well, it's, you know, I actually saw the line move to three now for Boston. So my first question, and I know you're a Celtics guy too, is with the way they're playing and the way they've gotten smacked lately, Indiana's not chopped liver. They're a decent team. I was shocked to see Boston favorite, let alone by three. Where, did that catch you by surprise? It did a little bit. And yeah. you can't ignore the fact that Boston has hit a rough spot here. The media was really giving it to Brad Stevens after yeah. this last game. There's you know, rumors in Boston, uh, job security for Coach Stevens. And we had Wick, and Danny Ainge yeah. and Danny Ainge. So we had Wick yeah. Rusbeck come out and do a spot with the local media, and he backed them. And the you know the the takeaway that I've had here in the last day or so is just thinking about the the post game press conference that I watched with Brad Stevens, where he was not taking this lightly. I mean, he was intense talking about the intense communications he's had with the guys and the mentality they need of dive on the floor, win every possession, and he also talked about Marcus Smart, and not as an excuse, right. but he even said in the press conference that the numbers don't lie. When he's on the court, it makes a tremendous impact oh. for the team. He's 100% and, the catalyst to that team, no doubt. And they don't have him. Obviously, Kemba's been in and out of the lineup. They don't have Gordon Hayward anymore, so it's just a, it's just a different team. And yeah. you know, he is not he's not going to take this lightly, and he's going to try to get these guys back on track. So, um. You know, it, d- it does surprise me a little bit uh, to see them favored, but uh, I've got to think that they'll they'll get it back on track here. Yeah, and I mean, Vegas certainly believes so, and and uh, you know that line makes you a little wary. I still think Indiana's a better play, but generally, when you see a teaser line like this in a situation, Vegas doesn't miss too many of them. But um, you know that low spread and it's two eighteen and a half total you know, which isn't the greatest. They are the 10th and 15th rated defensive teams in the league, so not bad. And the pace is nothing to write home about uh, Indiana middle of the pack and Boston down to 23rd. So not a not really a, a stackable game for me in any sense. I do like the little narrative, though, that, you know, Sabonis uh, feels slighted, and he should. I firmly believe he should have made the all-star game. And really, the the spot I think that was taken that he should have had was uh, either by Tatum or Brown, probably Brown. But I don't understand why Boston would get two guys in there with all these other good players like Trey Young and all these other folks left out. And Sabonis is 2010 for crying out loud. He's he's carrying that team. And Boston has is two games below 500. So I think that that's you know going to be a little tweak for for Sabonis to play even tougher and I regardless I think he's a great matchup here because Boston's interior is in confusion they played Tice I think 12 minutes and he had like uh, three fantasy points I believe last game something ridiculous Uh, Thompson's getting a little extra run Williams they rotate around play small so the bottom line is there's no super interior defense and they have to worry about Turner and Sabonis. So, you know, I don't think either one is a bad play, but I think Sabonis uh, could, could really do well in this game. I, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not loving having to pay that far up in a game with this kind of a total, but I think if anybody can hit seven X here, I still think Sabonis can do it with uh, even that big salary. And, 
On the Boston side, you know, the only guy that's intriguing for me is Kemba Walker at his price. He's rested. Um, you know, it, it looks like he, he really wants to get it going. You can see he wants to go. He wants to go. He just hasn't put it together or got the minutes. But I'm sure he's sitting on on a big game. So I will consider him. And uh, more than likely, Sabonis will be one of my key plays today. But that's about it. I don't want to stack beyond that in this game by any stretch. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't want to stack this game. Uh, the thing with Sabonis and Tatum, those are the, the two pay-up guys, of course. And I think they're both motivated. I think Tatum really is going to put the try to put the team on his shoulders to get back on track. He certainly struggled in Atlanta. When he went yeah, that for was 20. brutal, man. That was rough to watch. It was. Um, you know, I think it was a complete aberration, though. I think he'll he'll get back on track. So it's a GPP situation for me with Sabonis or Tatum just because of their price and because of this game environment. And I, I see your attraction to Kemba. I'm a little bit more interested in Brogdon if I'm going to use somebody from this game. Right around 8,000, he gets the Kemba Walker defense. So that that'd be the guy I would look at most likely, but there's a chance I'll I'll just pass this game and save my salary for later in the slate. Sounds good. All right, the next game we have also at seven thirty, Houston against Toronto, uh, two twenty one total. Toronto favored by eight and a half. And how about Houston coming in here with nine consecutive losses? Yeah. So we are not surprised that Toronto's favored by eight and a half. They're getting back on track. They've won four of their last six. So with everybody healthy here, um, I kind of like Lowry as a point guard on DraftKings tonight. He's 7,000, and he just got back in the lineup against Miami. Played very well in 35 minutes. Almost had a triple-double. I think he can succeed against John Wall and, and company. Siakam is interesting for me because we know that Houston is really small now. Without right. Wood, without Cousins, we've had Tucker playing the small ball center, and Siakam has started at center recently. So I, if I, I see them feeding him in the post, and I see him getting it done against yeah. Tucker and House and company. He's really expensive on Fanduel. He's a small forward at eighty eight hundred, yeah. but seventy nine hundred on DraftKings is interesting to me, and and he's. Shouldn't get extremely high ownership. He had a real dud against Miami. He's just a little bit uh, of a guy you want to avoid on back-to-backs, and that's what that was for Toronto last game out. So I I like the idea of possibly Siakam or Lowry. Not very excited about the Houston guys with this ninth-ranked Toronto defense. Uh, I was thinking about House a little bit. He will probably have to play against OG Ananobi. Uh, but House is 4,500 as a small forward on FanDuel. And his shooting has picked up here the last few games. You know, he had that real cold streak. But yeah. if he's shooting well, 4,500 as a starter is a, is a price that I, I might pay tonight. Interesting. You know, I, this Houston is really in a free fall. They're, they're a complete mess. I, they're in rebuild mode or whatever you want to call it. I'm sure John Wall is probably just shaking his head, you know, sort of disgusted (laughs) with what he's got to work with there. You know, P.J. Tucker seems to have all of a sudden, uh, you know, looking at retirement. I don't know. He I don't think he's got it anymore. He's just not, uh, you know, getting it done at that size. I think too long they played him out of position. 
and I think it's just worn them down, to be honest. But, um, you know, I think this game could blow out, and there we go. We're calling blowouts. But it is the biggest spread on the entire slate, and Houston is in a free fall. They have to play uh, at Tampa, and Toronto is at full strength. And I, it's going to be tough for Houston, you know, even when Toronto comes off the bench with Boucher and some of these guys – you know, Houston's second uh, rotation is, is going to struggle. So my concern in this game is paying up for one of the Toronto guys and it's and be, it being a blowout. However, I agree with you on Siakam because I don't they don't have a, a matchup for him. And it, they'll, I don't know if they'll try to put Tate on him, but Tate's pretty small, really, for Siakam. I think he'll be able to back him down and shoot over him. Uh, he is scrappy, but um, yeah, I just think Siakam is the guy that is, if it does blow out, is going to be the biggest part of that blowout. And I agree with you. If you statistically look at him uh, on the second night of back-to-backs, he struggles. But then on a rest, you know, if he's had a day of rest, uh, he he's much better. So I think they feed him. I think he's the recipient of getting the game to a blowout. And if it does stay closer for longer, then, you know, he really could smash, you know, eight, eight X kind of numbers, even at that price, prefer him a little more on FanDuel like you do. But after that, I'm not going to spend up for the, the Lowry Van Vliet. You know, I just don't know if they'll get enough run and they're both very expensive. And on the Houston side, I, you know, I respect Lowry's defense. I know walls, their only option but he's pretty expensive, and uh, you know, if if you have to go value here, uh, maybe a Nawaba or a Tate or somebody like that. If you're if you're wanting more exposure to this game, it is a decent, you know, two twenty and a half. It's not bad, but uh, for me, it's probably going to be a one off with Siakam, and uh, get on down the road and hope that stays close enough uh, that he can smash it. Excellent. All right. Well, game three here. Speaking of the road. <clears throat> We've got Sacramento continuing their road trip. They lost last night in New York, their ninth consecutive loss. Yeah. Get this, Coach. In those nine losses, they've always given up at least 118 points every night. (sighs) Wow. And the closest loss they've had is eight points. So they're getting blown out every night, nine in a row. You talk about post-game press conferences. I heard a series of them after this last one, and... You know, everybody up and down the line is questioning the team's defense. We know that they're 30th right. in the league. And yep. we had De'Aaron Fox saying, we just don't have five guys on a string playing together. We have Harrison Barnes talking about, we need to get back to the basics, the boxing out. And yeah. then Coach Walton basically you know, flummoxed with the question about, are you going to change your starting lineup tomorrow? He's saying, well, I just, I need to think about it. I mean, I'll, I'll let you know tomorrow. So... By the you know, way, if you look if you look up flummoxed in the dictionary, it's a picture of Luke Walton. It probably so, is from go. last night. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. So we'll see what we get this afternoon in terms of any changes. But the question is, do you think they can turn it around against Detroit tonight? Well, I'll tell you this. You you have to double check this for me because I'm I don't understand this. Sacramento minus two right now. <laughs> is that right? It is Detroit. You know, the, the fighting Shane Caldwells are... Detroit's been scrappy, though, and they yeah. get Grant back. How could they be a dog at home against this pathetic Sacramento team? 
I mean, Sacramento I, does have more talent than Detroit, right? Let's be honest. I mean, you know, maybe, but the coaching is a is a big negative, and you know, recency nine losses in a row to be favored on the road. I don't know. You know, I guess this is one of those Vegas ones where you know, like the road runner under the rock with chasing the sucker and the rock smashes him. Maybe maybe I'm the road runner here, but I I'm playing Detroit. I I think they're right now a better team. Um, it is key though. Piece of news here: Sadiq Bay has been a really really nice solid starter getting upper 20s minutes, and he's questionable. So that could mix the the pot a little bit. But they have Plumlee, who's playing really good ball. They've got, uh, obviously, Grant with a rest day. He's going to be, I mean, he's a plug-and-play. I think he'll be one of the highest-owned pay-up guys in the entire uh, industry tonight. Um, I think Grant's a great play, Plumlee maybe. Uh I don't know how you don't, you know, give Lee a consideration. He's done nothing but score in in the minutes that he gets. Uh, Smith Jr.'s been better, and Sacramento can't defend anybody. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I can easily come out of this game with uh, two or three Pistons. I know it sounds insane, but, uh, you know, we'll have to see if Bay's – if Bay doesn't play – his usage is going to go to some of these other guys. It just lifts up Grant and and Lee and and, and some of the other uh, guys on the floor and Plumley. So I think those guys are all in play for me. On the Sacramento side, you know I think Barnes will get uh, Grant defense. So I'm, that's going to push him to the side for me. I guess you know obviously the the guy you have to look at here is you know one of your favorites, Fox. I mean this if the game pace is decent um you know they're ninth sacramento's ninth so it's a monster uh pace down for them to play detroit that's 25th so that concerns you a little bit with fox or heel but uh it is a pace up for detroit another reason why you know i like some guys there my my goal here would be uh probably two pistons and and maybe move on but I, I know you're probably going to like Fox here, and I, I think that he's uh, a reasonable play, even though his price is a little touchy. Yeah, on the Sacramento side, you know, looking at the fact that it's a back-to-back and Fox is the leader of this team now, uh, these guys really do struggle on back-to-backs. The only guys that I think are really in consideration for me are Fox and Halliburton because they don't struggle as much. Uh, so yeah, Fox is a consideration for me. He'd be the, the leader there. Um, but I am actually a little bit more interested in the Detroit side, like you said, and I don't think it's crazy to to think about two Pistons, three, probably not three, but if you think about what New York did last night, we had Alec Burks in our winning GPP lineup on FanDuel and quickly was excellent off the bench. He paid off and Derek Rose as a starter, all three of those guys paid off. I mean, they scored yeah. 140. We, we we went in depth about how Sacramento can't stop anybody. Do they turn it around and pick it up here against Detroit with their slow pace? Maybe. So I, I I'm not gonna I'm not thinking that Detroit's gonna score 140 on them. But you know, like you said, Dennis Smith Jr. is playing better. He's under 5,000 on both sites. He got 26 minutes last game. So the question is, what happens here? Because 
Saban Lee had been getting more minutes than him, but it was 26-22 this last time out. I think they're both still in play, and they both could potentially hit value at the 4K range. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking there. Plumley, I'm they looking They did have at, their first shift next to each other on the floor at the same time, which is promising. It is promising. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Grant makes a lot of sense with his rest. Plumley was excellent against New Orleans again, over 50 yeah. fantasy points. Yeah. And he gets the, the, the tired Sacramento front court. So I'm with you there. A couple Pistons uh, very likely tonight. Oh, uh, Dirk just said uh, he's booking it. Book it. Detroit plus two. <laughs> Ooh, Detroit interesting. plus two. Yeah, All right. There you go. Game four is another eight o'clock tip. Utah in Miami. This total is 217. Utah favored by seven. And they're on the front end of a back-to-back. They're in the Florida swing. They're going to play Orlando tomorrow. Big news here, coach, with Miami. We've got Hero and Bam questionable as we record yeah. this here at lunchtime. That will determine everything for me in this game. If Bam is out, then how are they going to stop Gobert? He he becomes in play for me. Um, and w- for me, I, I need one of those guys to be out to play anybody in this game because we've got the second and seventh ranked defenses, pace of twenty two and twenty four. Yeah, uh, so I'm, no I'm you know this is like first team to ninety is going to win this game. You know, if you get to a hundred, you're you're really scoring here in this one. So it's only if we get some value because a guy like Bam is out, then you've got a great matchup for Gobert. You know, what do they do? Do they slide Olenek over and try to guard him? Do they bring a Precious Achua off the bench? Either way, I think Gobert is in a pretty good spot. And then with the guards, if Hero sits, none is still a, a decent price at five in the five K range, but. A little tougher matchup here than he's had recently with Conley. Drogic is the guy I'm looking at because on FanDuel, he's 4,600. He played 21 minutes against Toronto in his first game back and did fine. Um, and I just think that price is too cheap for a guy that might get 24 minutes or more. So he's the value play I'm looking at on Miami. With Utah, maybe Gobert, maybe a, a one-off for a guy like O'Neal who can take advantage of, of a game where you get more from the rebounds than, you know, scoring a ton of points. So, you know, maybe a one-off here, depending on the news. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you. I think that's key. You know, when I first started looking at this slate uh, yesterday uh, and was just developing some notes and looking up some basketball dash reference.com, scenarios there and if any of you guys haven't been there go to basketball-reference.com look at advanced stats it's an amazing help if you're preparing for a slate to look at usage who's on the floor you know you could take people off the floor and see how it's going to work and you know i went in there initially and i thought you know this is a perfect game for a letdown for utah they have played just the most incredible ball by far by anybody this season but coming off a big win, you would think they're due for a letdown. But then the Bam and Hero news breaks, which, you know, if if they have a shot to beat them, they, they really do need those guys, at least Bam, with that interior with Gobert. So, um, you know, that changed things a little bit. But I can't really uh, say 
who to play or not play in this game until I have the information on Bam and Hero because uh, there's a huge uh, difference in usage and minutes if those, you know, either one of or both or neither are on the floor. So we need to know that. And once we have that information, uh, we will share that in our Discord. Uh, phenomenal uh, time to come aboard. We have uh, just started this a couple weeks ago. You can get a three-day pass with us for only $10. Just go to dfscoachtalk.com. If you sign up today, we'll get you in our Discord. You'll have everything today, Saturday and Sunday. All of our information, all of our lineups. We do full lineups for FanDuel and Yahoo, both uh, hybrid and GPP. And then we have a real sharp uh, coach's clipboard for DraftKings, which gives you a highlighted core and then some uh, multiple group of secondary guys to get into your lineup and make your decisions from there. So this is the time to do it. And this is the kind of game that, you know, I we want to share everything. We don't hold anything back on this podcast. We're in front of the paywall seven days a week. And, you know, we're going to give you everything we've got. But there are scenarios like this. And when there are changes at the last minute of games of like Boban starting last night, for example, there's different things that happen that the only way you can really consistently win at this, unless you're grinding away at it all day, then more power to you. But let us do that work for you. We're on this 24-7. We're in Discord. We're putting up the news as soon as it happens, adjusting lineups. And we're not just dumping it into an optimizer and letting it spit the changes out. We're looking at it. Like, if BAM sits, what is that? how does that affect it? Is Dragic get more minutes at the guard and Olenek plays more at center? Or is it going to be uh, a precious Achua coming in and getting uh, the bulk of those minutes, etc. We'll look through all of those things with the scenario of that and let you know where the best value and best play is. So this is one of those games that I'm going to wait to see. But I will tell you, if Bam and Hero are in, I think Miami makes this a game. Utah has got to come out flat one of these games. And this just makes sense with the road trip and coming off a big win, I just think this is a good spot for them to be susceptible. It would make sense with the way Miami plays. The only thing I would say, though, is Utah seems to be on this run where they just want to keep setting records and taking yeah. their incredible stats. Their three-point shooting is phenomenal. It's crazy. And they shoot a ton of threes, and they make a ton of threes. So it's almost like they're just carrying that momentum, and they just want to ride it out. And so... I wouldn't bet against them at this point. You know, human nature is you'd think eventually they would have a dud. Uh, And Miami is the type of team that can prompt you to have a dud. Uh, So we'll see. It'll be a fun one to watch. I'm excited. You know, I'm a coach guy. My my three favorite coaches in the league, two of them are right here. Spolstra and uh, Snyder and I think Nurse. Those three, to me, I'll take those three all day long. Yeah, great choices there for sure. All right. Next 8 o'clock game, we have Phoenix in Chicago. 225 total. Phoenix favored by 6.5. Dario Saric questionable here. Other than that, let it loose. What do you got? You know, 225 is a nice number, but you know my anti-Phoenix scenario here. I know I get stung by it sometimes, but, you know, I just am not the biggest Phoenix guy when they share the ball so much. And they're playing great ball. They're, They're good defensively. But, you know, you've got Phoenix favored by six and a half 
and uh, Chicago's the 18th best defense. So Phoenix should have their way in, in you know, definitely in the backcourt with Paul and Booker, but determining which one, both all-stars now, uh, you know, is, is the better play. Phoenix is ninth. They've been in that top 10. So that makes a, l- a little tougher to pay up for Levine, although he's been uh, fantastic. Um, you know, and then from a pace standpoint, the other concern you have is, yeah, Chicago's fifth, but Phoenix seems to control the pace of every game and they're second slowest team in the entire league. So, you know, they, if they get Chicago into a half court game, it's going to be a tough night, uh, for the bulls. Um, but if somehow the bulls can, you know, keep the, the pace going, then, you know, I think it could be a game. It's a lot of it may come down to you know, with the white Levine backcourt and being able to push it, you know, and, and stretch Phoenix a little bit. Um, I'm not going to spend up for any of the, the big three for Phoenix uh, I, or Levine because I just don't like the flow of this game. But I do think there's value in this game. I think there'll be points scored. I, I think you can, you know, start to look at a few of the secondary guys, Kobe White being one of them. Uh, Thad Young is is interesting. Uh, my boy Patrick Williams has been playing better and better every game. Um, and then from the Phoenix side, you know, just taking a peek at some of their role guys like Crowder, who's smashed value a few times. And, you know, I think you can find some decent guys to help balance your roster in this game, but I'm not going to lean on it as a key game. I agree completely. And I'd like to get a Phoenix guy out there and to give you give some numbers here to back up what you were just talking about. You look at Phoenix's last game. It was a high-scoring game against Charlotte. And you see that Chris Paul almost had a triple-double. Booker had over 30 points. And Aiton had a nice double-double. And you figure, oh, well, everybody smashed. Well, only one of them hit value. Chris yeah. Paul got to 50 fantasy points. But the other guys didn't even get to 40. And we've mm-hmm. talked about that throughout the season. And here's another great scenario where good matchup. You want to get exposure to them. But it is risky. Because Paul and Booker, they kind of vacillate, you know, who has the ceiling game. So to me, I'd like to play one of them, but it's only really in a GPP. Uh, I think I might lean towards Booker here in a GPP, but, uh, you know, they're about the same price. So we're going to have to see how the roster construction plays out. So I'd like a, a Phoenix guy in the GPP, you know, one of those guards or even one of the secondary guys, like you mentioned. I mean, if Saric is out... We should get a little bit more usage for Crowder, even Cam Johnson. He's really cheap now, all of a sudden. Or Bridges in the starting lineup. So I'll probably end up with one son in the GPP. Sounds good. All right, the next 8 o'clock game is a rematch from last night. Clippers and Grizzlies in Memphis. And it was a blowout. Uh, Coach, I know you took the night off. Did you have the Grizzlies beating the Clippers by 28 points last night? Uh, I actually uh, bought the line uh, Memphis minus twenty five. So, <laughs> so you can retire on an island. Oh, I'm, I'm solid. If man. you play yeah, that, it's, wow. Uh, yeah, it's, that was shocking. Um, and you wonder, you know, are the Clippers going to come out with a chip on their shoulder? What do you think? Well, that's a good question. Uh, but the next question is, how many minutes does everybody play? Because it is a back to back. The Clippers. True are really tight on that. They've specifically been managing Paul George's minutes very closely, not letting him get to 36. Again, at this point in the day, we don't have any news that anybody's sitting. 
No. So if they're all there again, the problem is it's crowded. You know, yesterday on the show, I said I didn't really want to play anybody from the Clippers. I did say I liked Paul George potentially on FanDuel as a GPP option, and he was in our GPP lineup that cashed, but he didn't have a great game. It was the rest of the team that carried us to victory there. And, you know, it's still probably Paul George or nothing for me. He's 1100 cheaper than Kawhi on FanDuel, 500 cheaper on DraftKings. And he only played 28 minutes. So, you know, he could he could get it done here. But it's just too many guys for the Clippers in general. So I'm not excited about this game in the back-to-back. You know, Kawhi played 32 minutes. And John Morant played 30 on the other side. Those are the only guys on either side that played over 30 minutes. So it's just a, it's just yeah. a rough situation. With the Grizzlies... Joval played great in his 25 minutes. Um, Justice Winslow did just enough as a value play to help out. He's a similar price tag here, but it is a back-to-back. Uh, Tillman is pretty cheap on DraftKings. He's 3600 If he gets half the game again against Zubots, I think on DraftKings he could pay off. But it's a real struggle in this game. This is not really something I want to focus on tonight. Yeah, this this could bury your lineup or it could bring home a victory. I mean, nobody really knows what to expect here. You've got all of that tough, you know, second night of a against the same team who is going to have a, a minutes, you know, invisible minutes cap if you will. They're not stating anybody is at this point. So it it just it creates a lot of confusion. Obviously, uh with uh, the Clippers at six and a half point favorites. Every you know everybody believes that that was just a complete farce last night. But you know who knows? Maybe uh, the Clippers are slumped. Maybe Memphis has their number. I mean we just don't know. But they're the 19th and 14th defense. But pace isn't great. 27th and 14th. I mean with nine games, why take a chance in a game with this much confusion? They could sink your ship, especially if you pay up for Kawhi or George or even, you know, Morant or uh, Joval. Uh, Joval. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I my gut tells me just stay away. But I think there is some some uh, risk reward if you do select the right guy that gets yes. minutes and gets it done, because my first instinct was <clears throat> Kawhi's going to come out there and kick ass. But. You know, is he? I need him to play 35 minutes to do that to to smash his number. So I'm just not confident that he'll get that. Uh, but that would be the guy if I had the courage. Maybe I'll play a GPP and and use Kawhi just in case he throws a 60 burger on the board. But I'm with you. Uh, this game is for cash player like myself just a little bit concerning. Okay, let's see if you like anything better than the next one. It's Atlanta. In Oklahoma City, the Hawks are favored by five, 226 and a half total. We've got OKC on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to host Denver tomorrow. For the news, we have Cam Reddish questionable for the Hawks. And on the OKC side, we have Horford and Diallo out tonight. What do you have here? Well, this I like this game. I think this this uh is going to get some play, and I think deservedly so. Atlanta's a five-and-a-half-point favorite, but we know OKC is a battling team. 
you know, I expect it to be fairly close. Love the play the other day, by the way, that they drew up for Horford drawing in the defense and kick it to kicked Dort. it to Dort yep. for that wide open three. That was a that was a fun play. I love that Dagnall guy. He's he's up and comer for sure. Um, you know, there's things here to like. Twenty second and twelfth defensively. So, you know, you've got a little bit lower than an average there. That two twenty seven and a half number is decent. Pace middle, you know, eleventh sixteenth. So it's not going to be a slow game. And then you've got you know a couple of substitutes coming in for Oklahoma City now. Every time Horford sat, we've done a lot of uh, Roby. And, you know, I'm going to consider that again. The, the kid's good. He's done nothing to uh, not earn that. Now, I know Capella's pretty stout on the other side. But, um, you know, Capella gets played off the floor a lot. I don't know if you noticed that. I mentioned it on the last pod as well. But he's good and he gets it done. But I don't like the trend of him getting pulled off and not finishing games. I know he's a bad foul shooter. And, there's a lot of reasons to that, but um, I think Roby's reasonable at a cheap price, again, to fill in that spot and get you 25, 30 uh, DFS points. It's possible. Um, you know, without Diallo playing, it gives a little bit more, even more credence to, to Shea. I would assume Shea is going to be one of the higher-owned guys uh, because he gets trade defense. Um and on the other side, Trey's going to get a lot of play because he's hot. He's another guy that's pissed he didn't make the all-star team. And he's sort of trying to show everybody up. And he's so, back in Oklahoma where he's, and he's back where he started. In, that's his hometown. And that o, OU is right down the road there. I you know, did a lot of business up in Oklahoma City. And I used to – I went to some OU games and some Thunder games. And they're literally 15 minutes uh, apart from one stadium to the other. So – you know, Trey, Trey will be super popular. This would be a fun game, and I think a lot of people do it really, to, to just use your buy-up money, play Trey, play Shea, and just old-fashioned shootout. So, you know, I, I would not disagree with that at all. I don't know if I'll do that. I'd probably go with one or the other. I'm still deciding. But I do like some of the ancillary parts of this game also. I think that um, guys like uh, your man Herter is in play. I think uh, uh, your other man is in play here too. The the rookie, what's who's your uh, Thunder rookie? Oh, uh, Maladon. Maladon, he's mm-hmm. in play a little bit too with Diallo out. He should get a little extra burn. Um, you know, the Durantula's played uh, well enough that you know he's making value. So there's so many good options in this game, and the the whole game has such a good vibe to it for pace and. Uh, I, you know, this is going to be a key game, and I, I think it deserves to be. And, I you know, I'll come out of here with two, three guys from this game and probably one or two of my buy-up spots because I think uh, <clears throat> it just fits, and it fits for a DFS standpoint as well. I'm in the same place as you are, just playing around with this idea of Trey Young and Shea in the same lineup. I haven't decided yet. It worked in the last game with DeJounte Murray and Shea. Right. What a blow up spot there for for Shea. It surprised me a little bit. We talked on that podcast about how we liked his price on FanDuel. He was cheaper. Same thing again here. He's only 8,000. Do you know he scored over 40% of the team's points that day? He scored 42 of their 102. I mean, he smashed. Uh, So he's really stepping it up here. A great spot for him. I agree. 
Dort, you know, does he ride high after that game winner and uh, roll in here against Atlanta, who, you know, they're shorthanded here. Continue, they continue to be without DeAndre Hunter, their best de- defender. Hortz, yeah. very, uh, Dort is a very good price on both sites. Um, Maladon, Do you think Dort tries to play Trey? Yeah, I think he probably does. That's because that's, an, I mean, I don't know if he's quick enough to stick with Trey, but that'd be a challenge for him. I mean, Dort guards all five positions, but I'm, you know, more I think about it, that makes sense. Quick is the word. That's the thing that Trey has. He has those quick spurts that allow him to get. And that little floater inside is deadly. It's magical. So it'll be a tough challenge for Dort, but it'll be a very tough challenge for Trey to deal with him. So that's a great point. I I think I probably will lean towards Shea. You know, 1,600 cheaper on FanDuel, and he he should have a much better defensive matchup. Right. In terms of the value plays, Justin Jackson is a guy that I think you, you we might want to look at because with Diallo out, who's going to score off the bench? I think it's Jackson's opportunity at 3,100 on DraftKings. You know, he's had some 30-point fantasy games here recently when he's gotten the minutes. He's not probably right. going to start here, but there's a, a way to get exposure to this game. And then on the other side, you've got Tony Snell as an option. And in his two last games, he's hitting the threes and he's paying off value because of it as a starter. So that's one of those cringy ones for me, though. Tony Snell. Yeah, it is because if he misses the threes, then it's a flop and it doesn't work out. Good GPP, though. Good GPP option. All right. Next game, we have Charlotte and Golden State. We've got two 10 o'clock games to break down here and finish out this slate, coach. And here's the 230 total on this board. It's it's 233 and a half. That's where it was this morning on BetUS when I when I opened it up. And that jumped out at me as too high. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago. It was last Saturday, I believe, that these two teams played, and it was 102 right. to 100. So right. a total of 202, and now we're going to go to 233.5. Yeah. Well, okay, Steph Curry didn't play in that game. So that's the big change. And he is an enormous factor in any game, an influence on the pace and on the output because of his tremendous scoring and his efficiency. So will that be enough to get him over that total? I'm not sure. Um, in that in that game, not only was it only 202 points, but Charlotte shot 20 for 40 on the three-pointers. Wow. So they had a terrific shooting night just to get to 102. And Golden State, you know, we've talked about it a lot. You don't think of it, but they're third in the league in defense. That's, yeah. So uh, interesting game here and total. I wanted to bring that up right at the top. We've got Devontae Graham out again, along with Kayla Martin. And then we have Cody Zeller, questionable for Charlotte. Everybody healthy and ready to go for Golden State. Now, um, one of the price situations here that jumped out at me on this slate is that the Charlotte guys are a lot cheaper on FanDuel. You know, right. DraftKings is just pricing them through the roof. Lamelo and Rozier. Lamelo out of his mind. That's I mean, crazy. ridiculous. But yeah. way cheaper on FanDuel for both of those guys. Right. So you could look at one of those guys as a one-off. Rozier has really struggled since that big game against Golden State. Yeah. Um, if Cody Zeller sits, we may have Bismack Biombo out there in the starting lineup, and I'm I'm willing to get him out there. In the low 3K range on both sites, uh, Looney and Wiseman, they're both back on the other side. 
basically splitting minutes, not even because they've got Pascal back there. And the, right. you know th- they aren't pushovers, but Biombo to me is a guy who can get eight and eight or nine and nine and a block or two, and pay off that cheap price tag if he gets twenty six to thirty minutes. So I'll play him if Zeller is out. On the Golden State side, Draymond is the guy probably I'd be most likely to play. He's flirted with triple doubles the last couple couple games, and that's. That's the stretch where you want Draymond is when he's flirting with triple doubles. Um, the big guys for Golden State are cheap, but like I said, none of them even got 20 minutes last game, so I'm not I'm not going to go there. So possibly a value play on Charlotte and maybe Draymond for Golden State. Interesting. Yeah, this this is an interesting game. I don't like it as much as the Atlanta Oklahoma City game. I'm with you. I even though it's a full you know five six points higher. Uh, on the the total, I, I still like the other game a little bit better. Now, I do think they'll get close to that 233 number, though. I, I don't buy that 202. I think that was just a fluke. Charlotte's playing terrible defense lately. I don't know if you've noticed the, the last five games, they're just getting scorched. So they're on the road, West Coast, you know, probably getting tired with the travel and then getting stuck in the rooms with COVID. They can't even move around, really. And I just, you know, I think Golden State can score a lot of points in this game. But my, you know, my feeling is if Zeller sits, you know, I think the game goes small. I think you'll see a lot of P.J. Washington at center and a lot of small ball. And then I think Golden State reacts on the other side with either Draymond or Pascal at center. I think maybe uh, those minutes for Looney. And Weissman gets squeezed out a little bit, as well as with Biombo. So I'm I don't like any of the bigs here, but I do have a lot of interest in the guards. Um, I think Wiggins is actually a really good play because Seth uh, Steph Curry is I said Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he's he's not as good as his brother Seth, but right. we'll go mm-hmm. anyway with Steph. But I think he'll get Rozier defense, which to me. <clears throat> with the real, real high price of Curry. I mean, yeah, he can score on anybody, but I, I think that's enough that I can fade him. Um, so Wiggins is more of, I think, the guy that could be the sneaky high scorer uh, in this game. And then I love both guys. I'm going to plug in both LaMelo and Rogier on FanDuel because you got a good value there. Now, you cannot play both on DraftKings realistically, and uh, I actually, even though Rogier's been a little slumped, he sees a few go in. He's streaky. So I'm not afraid to play him against the Golden State defense. Um, I think he would get a slight edge over LaMelo. If I had extra salary, I think this could be a better game for LaMelo. You got to, you know, this this is LaMelo back on the West Coast, you know, with uh, a lot of family and friends, I'm sure, traveling from all over in California there to uh, see him play. I know it's, you know, not right down the street from where he's from, but still that's, you know, he's in, in his neck of the woods there. So I do, you know, I like the guards in this game and will easily come out of here with maybe two players, but I'm not going to stack up and pay way up for uh, Steph here. I think that uh, he can be neutralized at least a little bit to not smash his uh, number. Right on. All right, last game of the night, Coach. Portland against the Lakers in Staples Center. Lakers favored by five after getting smoked by Utah. And the total here, 221 and a half. 
And the news is that uh, Schroeder is probable. He's right. been out with the health and safety protocols. The reports I've seen are vague and inconclusive about whether he has tested positive for COVID or whether it was just contact tracing. So with that being said, if he's out there, uh, do you have any interest in anybody in this contest? You know, I I was so disappointed in the Lakers this last. I thought they'd give Utah a game or at least hang in there, but uh, they just they look bad right now. I guess they miss, miss Anthony Davis more than we expected that they would. But um, you know, Portland's second worst defensive team in the league. So you would think that would spark some some Lakers ownership here. On the other side, Lakers are the number one defense in the league. Not quite the same with without Davis in there for sure, but you know they're still getting it done. And then you know to add to that, they're the 18th and 19th pace. So a lot of dribbling from uh, you know Dame, you know setting up sort of one on one or or you know setting up some type of pick and roll uh, with Cantor. Uh, so you know I don't love the pace here. And the Lakers are not in a groove where you would think they're going to just blow up a game. Um, I'm not going to spend up for Dame or LeBron here. I just don't like the feel for the game or the pace. Don't want to use all the salary on those two, and they're two of the more expensive guys. But I do want a little exposure. I think there's a lot of sharp plays in this game, whether it be Covington, Derek Jones Jr., Trent, all those guys canter even a little bit. So, you know, not all of them, obviously, but one of them, I think, you know, you can pull out of that group. And then on the Lakers side, it's more of a possibility of Kuzma with uh, the minutes he's getting. I don't know. I would expect Schroeder, uh, you know, it's hard to say what to expect, to be honest with you. If it was just contact tracing, maybe he doesn't have any minutes uh, limit, uh, but he hasn't been playing, so you would think, you know, or low 20s. So that's not exciting uh, to me. And, you know, I don't really want to go a whole lot deeper there. I don't want Gasol or some of those guys. So even though Portland has a terrible defense, I, you know, Kuzma is probably the guy I'm looking at right now. But I could probably be talked into a second value Laker uh, if it does fit. But uh, I, I want I want some exposure on the Portland side, believe it or not, uh, from some of those wings. Wouldn't mind having a couple of trailblazers that aren't Dame. I think they'll they'll double Dame and try to get him to give up the ball. I don't see a number one defense allowing Dame to score 45 real points to beat him. So we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, I think I would lean towards one of the more expensive guards that we've talked about over Lillard here. I'm, I'm going to pass on him. I could potentially go with one of the cheaper Portland guys. Trent is still at a good price. Melo, maybe he'll try to step it up against his buddy LeBron. Um, but I think I'm more likely to get one of the guys on the Lakers side who's cheaper. Uh, KCP, I've been playing a little bit here with Davis and Schroeder out. If Schroeder's in there, it takes a little bit away from KCP, who's really gotten bigger minutes and bigger shots, and he's still yeah. really cheap. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, it is still this great matchup against Portland in that weak backcourt. So that's why I like KCP a little bit here. And then Markeith Morris would be the GPP option if he starts again. 
He's only 3700 on FanDuel, so that could help out here on a nine-game slate, getting up to some of the more expensive guys we want to get to. That would not be bad at all. All right, Coach, that concludes our nine-game slate. Uh, any final thoughts here before we build these winners? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a really good slate to play because there's just not dead chalk, you know, and we'll see how the, the day plays out because there's not really just, like, value that you can't pass up. So there's going to be a lot of variance in raw, in, in people's uh, lineups, and so it should be a really, really fun night. So I am good to go, man. Why don't you tell them about our, our BetUS offer, and, and we'll hit get on down the road. Absolutely, yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, it's scrolling on the bottom right now. And uh, if you can make your first deposit at betus.com.pa, then they've set up an awesome offer for you. Uh, make the deposit of 149 with the promo code COACHTALK, all one word. And what you're going to do is you're going to get to use that on BetUS, however you want, for your sports wagering. And you're going to get a free membership with us until June 1st. So basically the rest of the NBA regular season for free. Uh, so you just can't beat it. Uh, so after and the you, start of baseball, don't forget Major League Baseball. <laughs> and golf continuing along. So uh, jump on that uh, really now while you can uh, and take advantage of it because, you know, the time goes all the way until June 1st, uh, regardless of when you sign up. So jump in now and, and take advantage of the full time period. And after you've signed up, uh, let us know on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. Let us know that you've signed up, and then we'll send you an email to get you into our Discord. We'll give out our lineups tonight about 20 minutes before tip. All right, if you have any questions, you can also reach out to us on Twitter. The coach is available at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can find me at Language Olympic. Shane is at D-E-T Sports Shane. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel on the way out. Thank you so much for tuning in today. On behalf of Coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.